Hey, travelers. Just stopping by to let you know that this episode that you are about to listen to is one of our older ones, and we were going through some growing pains at this time. But if you would like to start from where we consider our newest era of quality, I would go ahead and jump to episode 54, The American Bigfoot. Either way, enjoy, travelers. Hey, everyone. This is Jake. For the sake of our interviewees' anonymity, most of the area names in these stories were removed and the locations are as general as possible. We at Infinite Rabbit Hole do our very best to ensure our guests are as comfortable as possible. Thank you very much for your understanding. Listener discretion is advised to those that are sensitive to topics including near-death experiences and the death of loved ones. Now let's get into this exciting interview. Welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Hole, everybody. Today, I am with Wes and Jake, and we have a very special episode for you today. Wes, Jake, how you guys doing? Good. Doing well. Right on, right on. You guys excited about tonight? Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm very excited. I know we, you uh, are. <laughs> dude, the pre-interview that we had the other day was very cool. I'm incredibly interested in our guest topics that he's bringing to the table, and I can't wait to jump into this. Oh, man. I have been stoked all week long for this. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and bring him in, guys. You ready? Ready mm-hmm. to go. All right. Everybody, meet Randall. Randall, this is Wes and Jake. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, man. Glad to have you on. Oh, yeah. Very stoked. Yeah, I have been excited for this all week. Just kind of had to stop thinking about it because I'm like, okay, how am I going to introduce these stories? You know, I started breaking it down. I'm just like, no, you know what? It's just going to have to come off the dome. Uh, I'm just going to talk about what I saw. You know, I didn't want to overcomplicate it. <laughs> we did a uh, a pre-interview with Randall the other day, Jake and I. Wes, unfortunately, wasn't able to make it, but Jake and I did a pre-interview with Randall. And Randall has some very interesting things to tell us. Now, we only know generally about what Randall's going to be talking about and just the stuff that he teased us with the other day had us on the edge of our seats and we are just super excited to get going. This is going to be a real treat for everybody here. Randall, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're going to talk about a lot of Appalachian lore and a lot of your personal experiences with some of these urban legends, right? Yes, we are actually. Um, matter of fact, we're going to talk about some of my stories. We're also going to talk about some of the old timers and their urban legends. Yeah, excited. Cool. So everything here that we're going to talk about today kind of centers around the Appalachian Trail, correct? Yes, sir. And you said this was in North Carolina? Yes, sir. This was in North Carolina uh, near the Appalachian Trail. Jake, Wes, you, you guys got anything to put out real quick before we get into his stories? No. I'm ready. No, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. All right. Well, Randall, do you have a specific story that you want to start off with? Actually, yes. I wanted to talk a little bit about well, the Appalachian Trail, just in general, uh, near the North Carolina border. Before I get into this, I would like to say that where I used to live was near kind of like a old Cherokee area. So a lot of this is just urban legends that I knew nothing about before I saw what I saw and I started asking. So I'm going to hop right into a story. So I'm a runner. 
I love running. Uh, we used to have this trail that would reach about a mile and connect to the Appalachian Trail. I was listening to music and just jogging, you know, just, just having a great time. And I just stopped because just everything around me changed. You know, I got a shiver going up my spine. The woods kind of felt like they kind of got darker. Like kind of a temperature change too. You know, it was dead of summer, probably 80 degrees outside, and it just felt cold. And we're in a high climate. It doesn't get too hot. You can notice when it when the temperature drops. And I look up mm-hmm. on top of this boulder just sticking out of the side of this mountain, and there was a man crouching there, completely nude. And his head, it was a deer head. I wasn't shocked, but I was kind of like, you know, what is, you know, what is that? Half male, half female. Uh, the closest thing I've ever been able to find to it is a picture of Baphomet. And I stared and it's like, I feel like I lost track of time. And I blinked and he or she was gone. Just completely gone. Disappeared. And then everything went back to normal. The birds started chirping again and, you know, the wind started blowing. And, you know, when you see something that belongs there, and you just kind of feel like you don't. That's exactly how it felt. Mm-hmm. Never experienced something that surreal and felt like I was out of place there at the wrong time. And I've done research on this deer man and nothing really fits the description of what I saw. I've talked to some old timers and there have been similar stories on that mountain talking about deer standing up on his high legs, walking deer just acting weird but i don't i don't know if it has any connection to what i saw right on so i definitely have some questions here for you because this is a very interesting thing Mm -hmm. i just want to go over the appearance of this thing and i want to get a kind of a sense of what you're seeing so first off about how far was this boulder that this creature was on or this person it was probably about nine feet tall, the boulder was, and I would say about 20 to 15 feet wide. Okay. Kind of a slope down. But how, how far was it from you? Oh, for me, it was, gosh, maybe like 20 to 30 feet. So this thing was pretty much right next to you. Right next to me. That's insane. 100%. Wow. And I've got to mention this, but... There was definitely some eye contact. And when that happened, it was like electricity hit my body. Like I literally felt like I stuck a finger or stuck a fork inside of an electric outlet. Yeah. Like just, you don't belong here, you know. What time of day was it when this happened? Oh, it was, I remember because I felt like there was a time change. I felt like I'd been there longer than I actually was. Mm Mm-hmm. I started running at probably 2.45. It's about a half-mile run, and he was kind of in the center of that run. I was probably standing there staring at him for maybe just maybe 10 to 15 minutes. It felt shorter. I could just tell by looking at my watch. Do you think that you suffered from any missing time? I'm going to say yes. I don't think I moved, though. I don't think it took me anywhere. I remember I was going to reach for my pocket knife, but something just told me not to. 
Okay. There was a lot going on in just that couple minutes. Now, you said that this thing wore a deer head. Was it skinned or was it a skull? Okay. It was not wearing a deer head. Its head was a deer head. Oh. 100% a deer head. Did it blink or anything? No, not at all. At least I don't think it did. Its eyes were like pitch black. Jeez. Probably the blackest thing I've ever seen. And gosh, it was just weird. You know, not scary, but weird. Yeah. I think I think that's the scary part about it, though. You know when you see a horror movie or a jump scare and you like want to run, you know, fight or flight? It wasn't like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was just like the feeling of being so small. Hmm. Like you couldn't take your eyes off of it? I did not take my eyes off of it. No, I did not. But that's the feeling you had. Like you couldn't, even if you wanted to, you couldn't take your eyes off. Of it. I don't think it forced me to look at it. I think I was scared to run mm-hmm. or to stop looking at it. I wanted to be ready for whatever it was going to do. All right. So you said that this thing was half male, half female. How did you know that? Let me preference this. The upper body had a, uh, a female breast on the right side uh, from what I can remember. And it had a male pectoral on the left, and it had loins of a male. Uh, the genitals, it was male. This thing was nude. Completely naked. Okay, so I'm just going to go through what I'm picturing here, and you, you tell me if any of this is wrong. I'm picturing a human body. Yes. With male genitalia. Mm-hmm. One woman's breast. Mm-hmm. And a peck from a man. So when you say deer, I'm picturing a whitetail. Now, with antlers or without antlers? Antlers. Really? Yeah. Did it look like a typical whitetail head? Yeah. No, it, it did. It looked like a buck. You know? I mean, besides the dark eyes, like, if, it, if you were just take a picture of the antlers to the neck, it would just look, look like a normal deer. The only weird feature would probably be the eyes. Okay. Are you familiar with a Wendigo? Yes, I am. Yeah, is that's a skinwalker, right? Okay, so there's a couple different kinds of Wendigos, right? So the the first type of Wendigo is a human being that has been casted away from their tribe and it's a old Canadian folklore mm-hmm. from the native tribes that are there. And they said that the outcasts became cannibals. Another one I think this is the one that you're kind of referring to is a creature where it sounds a lot like what you're talking about, like a upright walking deer kind of hunched over a little bit. From what I understand, it has the head of a deer skull, not necessarily like one with the pelt still attached to it. Mm -hmm. And this is a vicious, absolutely vicious creature, but they're very skinny and they're very tall. So, I don't know. And Wendigos are more of like a northern thing. Like this is a Canadian. The Great Lakes area is a very popular place for Wendigos. I mean, I'm not saying that a Wendigo isn't in the Appalachians, but man, that really sounds like a Wendigo to me. Normally, and I've listened to a lot of Skinwalker stories. Uh, Hold on, I just want to be clear. So a a Wendigo and a Skinwalker, they're the same thing, right? Mm. They're similar. Well, the skinwalker 
it's another native North American folklore, right? From the Southwest, like the Utah Basin area, where they typically take the form of wolves, but they also can shift into other animals as well. The biggest difference between the two of them is the geographical distance. Okay. And the fact that Wendigos don't necessarily change their shape, where skinwalkers are known to change their shape at will. I could be wrong. I could absolutely be wrong. Well, the thing is, it's okay. So what I saw was really, really odd. You know what I mean? So when you kind of see something like that, you don't trust your eyes. You kind of trust the feeling that you got off of it. Right. I feel like it was telling me, hey, don't be here. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like it was trying to eat me or anything. Because if it wanted to, it, it totally could have. You know what I mean? The, the only thing I had on me was maybe a three-inch pocket knife. That's it. From what I understand with a Wendigo is that you don't see a Wendigo and then live to tell about it. Mm. Did you feel threatened by it when you saw it? Okay, so have you ever been to a zoo and you've seen a, a chimpanzee or a gorilla is a better example, and you're safe, but you know one-on-one -on -one this thing could totally just one-hit you, you know, it'd be over? Mm-hmm. That's how I felt, but I didn't feel like I was in any immediate danger except for the fact that this thing was odd. It was weird, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, since I guess maybe I did, it was, just, it was a lot of emotions all at once. A lot of confusion. I would have been petrified. But I thought about it. If I had a gun on me, would I have shot at it? Mm -hmm. And I don't think so. The same reason I didn't reach for my pocket knife. I think I was just where he was supposed to be and I wasn't supposed to be there, you know? Yeah. Mm. So did you did you turn around and run back? No, I didn't. I didn't run. Because do you know that feeling when the lights go out downstairs and you're running up the stairs, you know, when you're a kid? Yeah. Yeah, you kind of feel like something's chasing you. Man, I did not want to experience something like that with something that was just freaking weird chasing me. You know what I mean? Because I would have known what yeah. was behind me and I would have turned around and probably tripped and like, and just like every horror movie. And then like, it would have just been over. Not sure what he would have done, mm -hmm. but it would have just been over. Jeez, man. Jeez. Jake, I know you, you're itching. What's up? All right. So from what I was able to research, I didn't find any other stories like this. However, I did find stories about the goat man of the Appalachian Trail, uh, which is okay. pretty much the same. Human body, a goat head, seems to be part of the anatomy. It's not like someone's out there wearing a mask. Whether they have skin or, or a pelt, it could go either way. And I'm not saying that there's not more stories out there like this. It's just I didn't come up on them. Mm -hmm. But what that means to me is that I, I want to know, what do you think? Do you think that this is something natural, something that belongs there in the woods, something that could happen again or someone could experience again? Or do you think that possibly this was a personal thing for you? If there's something like, a religious or personal reason why you may have experienced this. What do you think that this was? 
All right. So I believe that we all experience ghosts or whatever differently. You know, we all experience spiritual stuff differently. And I think, I honestly don't think it was physical. Mm-hmm. I think it was spiritual. I mean, if it was a physical being, unless it had some kind of supernatural powers, it could have made everything go quiet, including my headphones, by the way. I forgot to mention that. My phone was uh, basically just turned off. Okay. So, I don't know. I, as well, just like Jake, did do some research here. And I found something very, very interesting. Oh, really? Yes. I'm going to send you a picture. I want you to take a look at this. And Wes and Jake, I'll send you guys the same thing. This is what's called, now don't laugh, this is called a sheep squatch. Let me see here. And then I want to also read to you the description on this. Sheep squatches are large, woolly-haired cryptids with quills, mangy white fur, and large horns found in the Appalachian region of the United States. Okay. A mythical creature stalking the Appalachian hills and mountains, the sheep squatch was allegedly a bipedal, highly aggressive ram-like creature interested in sheep. But there is lore about... I don't know, because you said it was more of a deer head, but there is plenty of sightings of this so-called sheep squatch. And I'm very curious if this could be what you've seen. The sightings. Did you go over those at all? Like it disappearing or... Anything like that? Let me see here, man. Did you guys get the picture that I sent? Yeah. Yes, I did. Kind of actually very similar to the Goat Man, just a different yes. version. Yes. Let's see. In 1994, a former Navy seaman stated having witnessed the beast breaking through the forest, the white thing breached the brush line and knelt to drink from the creek. Here it drank for a few minutes before crossing the creek and continued on toward the nearby road. The witness stated they observed the animal for for a while before it moved on into the surrounding brush. Within the same year, two children observed the creature while playing in their backyard within Boone County. What they reported having observed looked like a large white bear, yet in this case stood up on its hind legs, making it over six feet tall. Presumably, it did so in a manner similar to bears trying to observe as opposed to walking bipedally. Startled by the children, the beast ran off through the forest, breaking medium-sized limbs off of trees in its path. There's quite a few reported sightings of this thing. Mm -hmm. This thing was also featured in an episode of Monsters and Mysteries in America. Okay, so it's kind of like the, the Bigfoot of that area, right? Yeah, I mean, I know Bigfoot is prevalent throughout the Appalachian area. There is a regional variant of the Sasquatch that calls the Appalachians home. Okay. Well, I mean, honestly, how I feel about it is I kind of feel like it was more spiritual than it was physical. You know, just for, you know, something for something to disappear when you blink, I would have heard it running. Yeah, true. Really no trees. I mean, there was a tree maybe 10 feet behind it, but I would have seen it jump, you know, if it were to climb a tree. I, I was looking around for it, was listening. really feel like it was spiritual, non-physical. Mm-hmm. When you say spiritual, do you mean, let's just put a word on it, do you mean like it was a demon? You know, 
that's the hard thing. Like, I don't know if it was a demon or an angel. I can't, I can't quite pin it. It was, it what it was odd, but it wasn't scary. You know, I've seen some demonic stuff. We'll get into that later. And it, I didn't get the same feeling from it. I had seen stuff before, but never something like this, you know? Mm-hmm. I think what it was is, honestly, it could have just been a warning that I needed to turn back. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't need to be there. I know I keep on repeating that. <laughs> Man, I can't believe this is only the first story you're going to tell us. This is insane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wes or Jake, do you guys have any follow-up questions for this this creature? Mm-mm. No, that's that's pretty wild. I got my own my own ideas, but of course I wasn't there, but that no, that's uh very interesting. Man, do you you don't want to elaborate, Jake? Yeah, please elaborate. <laughs> I'm curious. To me, the description you gave, I think it would rule out angels. I'm a Christian guy and mm-hmm. every time someone saw an angel in the Bible, they'd throw themselves down on the ground and they try to worship them or they were terrified. So the fear is the same, but never heard of him representing themselves like that. If what you say looked essentially like Baphomet, but a deer form, I don't know. In my, in my Christian worldview, the first thing I think of is a demonic presence. And I have a really hard time thinking that there's natural animals like that running around in in the woods. And of course I could be wrong. Me too, brother. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just where my mind goes to, but it's a very, very interesting story. A very, I wouldn't want to experience that myself. I just got to say, I'm just, I'm happy you're here to tell us a story, man. I appreciate it, sir. I appreciate it. And if I could add something to that real quick before we move on. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm I'm not into the third eye or anything like that. I do believe we have, I don't want to call it supernatural senses, but you can sense when there's a negative feeling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You just walk into a room and you're like, wow, you know, something might have happened here. The crazy thing is, is that I don't know if, like, like I saw it visually, but I also felt it. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's really hard for me to describe exactly like besides the physical part, it's or the visual part. It's hard to describe the feeling that I got off of it. Gosh, and that, you know, that's the thing that's baffling me. And let me know if I'm not making sense. I'm going to use a clown as an example. When you see a clown, you immediately just you're just like, wow, that's unnatural. You know what I mean? Somebody painted you know, uh, with a big uh, red ball as a nose. like it, That just felt unnatural. That, to me, just felt like it was a part of the woods, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, I was, for some reason, I sensed it and I saw it. Because I've walked up on deer before and not known that they're there. If I hadn't turned or hadn't sensed anything, I wouldn't have seen it. It was sitting completely still. Definitely, uh... Definitely a spiritual thing. The more and more I think about it. So creepy. Like a king of the deer, protector of the woods sort of a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which kind of made me feel bad because I hit a couple deer 
the year before that. So, you know. It knew. <laughs> yeah, I, I took out its cousin. We need to have a talk, sir. You have a talk. <laughs> Sorry, man. We we don't mean to. We're not trying to make fun of you. We're just. We... No, I joke about it, too, because I feel like it kind of normalizes it, you know? Yeah. I think it's the only way to get used to something. Hey, real quick. You had mentioned in our pre-interview, you had heard the sounds of children playing young people laughing and screaming and always there being a dead animal on the trail in the woods. Okay. Yes, absolutely. So I used to run in those woods all the time. After I saw the deer, I stopped the deer man, woman thing, Baphomet, whatever you want to call it. And that was kind of the last straw because I had been walking not quite on the trail, maybe, you know, at least 100 feet from it, just kind of exploring, kind of bored. And I just started hearing young people laughing and talking, but it, it wasn't... Have you guys ever seen um, the Peanuts, like mm-hmm. the old cartoon, where the teacher and all the adults are like, the way that they talk? Mm-hmm. It's like muffled. You can't really make out what they're mm-hmm. saying, but you, you know that it's a human talking. Yeah, that's what I heard. So... I went in one direction where I thought I heard it and then it jumped towards, I would say probably behind me. So I turned around and I'm like, well, then maybe they're moving. And I did that a couple of times just, you know, saying, Hey, you guys out here, this is private land. After a while, I just, I just kind of gave up, got a really weird feeling from it and uh, walked home again. So I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the same thing that I saw. I don't know if it was spirits out in the woods. I don't know, you know. One thing I can say from hearing accounts that sound very similar is that oftentimes when people will describe coming up on, you know, having a Bigfoot experience, that they hear the sounds of children in the woods and it the sound moves in a way that makes them feel like they're either being watched or like they're trying to be coaxed in a certain direction you keep following the sound as it gets further and further away and it they have this sort of feeling like they're being led into a trap or something but that occurrence of hearing what appears to be some type of language but high pitched and squeals and things like that people attribute oftentimes to sasquatch so it has been described that the bigfoot has what's referred to as a as a samurai chatter you can look it up on youtube uh you can google it just bigfoot samurai chatter this is something that's been it's been referred to quite a bit and there are a couple good audios of it and it sounds horribly fake but people that claim to have a sasquatch in their backyards or or around their residence say that they hear voices in the woods all the time so it is something that is associated with a Sasquatch presence. Um, something else that I saw out there, and if I know anything about spirituality, is that if you see a floating orb, you better get out of there. I've had people say the same thing to me. So what a floating orb is, is it's kind of like, you know what a pixie is? Mm-hmm. Old Irish legend. 
it's it's either a warning mm-hmm. uh, if you've ever seen if you've ever seen uh, brave you know that pixar movie yeah you know what it is well also out there you would see these orbs like right above the mountain perfectly circular clear just floating around out there a couple times i didn't go on that trail just because of that and you know what to be honest with you i never i never could figure out why i kept on going out there you know i think it was just curiosity mm-hmm. i think that's what it was it was just something about those woods just draws you to it i think it's just it just felt so mystic it was something i wanted to understand i think that's what it was it was my curiosity because i mean when you see one crazy thing after the other when you're out there and there's just things always laying around dead i mean you kind of you kind of got to wonder you know what is that yeah let's talk about the orbs for a second okay so orbs show up everywhere in the united states but they are prevalent in the appalachian mountain range there's a lot of folklore around it. They have been guessed to be anything from spirits to ball lightning to UFOs. And another thing that's these orbs show up around a lot is cattle mutilations. Did you have any cattle mutilations in your area? Or did these dead animals along the trail seem to be mutilated in that sort of fashion? Okay, so... What I do know is that the way that these things died, I, I'm remembering a, a raccoon comes to mind. The way that it died, it's like some of it was torn apart, like an animal got a hold of it and tore it apart. And I just kind of chalked it up being, you know, maybe a hound dog or, you know, my dogs or something. But it's the reason I started questioning that is just because of the amount of things that would show up dead there, whole deer carcasses with the stomach or gut just ripped out. That happened one time. And there was also a baby deer one time. And then there was just bird. I saw a bird just fly down and just die right on, right yeah. on the trail. And while I was on the trail, I never saw an orb, but I saw the orbs near the trail and One day, this is when I stopped going on that trail. One day, I saw a ball of light. Because you could see the trail from my window, our our kitchen window. And I just saw a ball of light just hovering where the entrance of the trail was. And I asked my dad, I'm like, hey, you know, is there a, does you have a fire going on down there? He said, no. And he looked. He's like, man, that's weird. I thought I saw a flash of light too. So it's not, it's not just me. Also, our neighbor told us, hey, never, ever go out there at dark. Just don't do it, ever. He, and I asked him, is it because I'll get lost? He says, he said, boy, you're going to get a lot more than just lost if you go out there on that trail at night. Don't do it. And there were a couple times to where our cow got loose and we had to hop on a four-wheeler and go and find it. And we just felt like something was watching us the whole time. My brother said that, on that trail, he was coming back, and he passed by something that looked like a man. And when he passed by, it was less than five feet from the 18-wheeler. So there's a lot of stuff going on on that trail. I called him and asked him if he had seen any orbs or anything. He said no, but that, that one story I just told uh, stuck out more than anything that comes to, that comes to mind. So... Seeing how you're so close to the trail, 
could this at all have been a hiker with a flashlight mm-hmm. or a lantern? Man, we had, yeah, you know, we had so many dogs that if that was a hiker, he would have had a real bad night. We had these huge great Pyrenees up there on top of that mountain, three or four of them. Oof. And uh, they didn't really go uh, out into the woods too much, not in that direction, which I always thought was weird. But they always went down the mountain, never towards that trail. But no, it'd be really odd if there was a hiker up there. He would have definitely come and knocked on the door and asked for help, I think, because he would have been in the middle of nowhere. Right on. Another thing about that trail, that, like you said, the samurai chatter, you always feel like you're being watched when you're out there. I believe that. After seeing what I saw, I think I went out there maybe one or two times with somebody, not by myself. But I would never go out there again, ever, not by myself. I could have a gun and I still wouldn't go. You know, once you're told kind of like, hey, don't be this here, you know, you're not supposed to be there. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention, there is a gravestone. By your house? On that trail, at the end of it. It doesn't have a name or anything, but it's, there is a gravestone. So I, I don't know how long that's been there. If that was just somebody's kin that they just put to rest there. I'm not sure. If you could put your best guess to it, what do you think is causing all these animal deaths? Missing 411. I honestly think there's some kind of old Indian spirit that lives out there. You know what I mean? I believe in spirits that stick around or after someone or something dies after a very dramatic experience. Maybe not by itself could kill something, but I think it could drive other things crazy enough to kill stuff. My dogs were scared to go down that trail. Which, if you have dogs, you know that if your dog's not wanting to go somewhere, it's for a good reason. Yeah. You don't have to tell us exactly which one, if you did, but did you happen to live near a national park? Yeah, the Appalachian Trail. Well, just uh, the Appalachian Trail is not necessarily a national park, but for example, Tennessee has the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Anything like that? Not that I can recall. Okay. I think it was just nothing but a trail and woods. Jeremy's mustache must have been uh, tingling. <laughs> yeah, we had the whole, the two episodes on the missing four. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of uh, strange disappearances and other strange events that happen around national parks. And I was just thinking that maybe if you were also near a national park, that this could have been something similar to that. Hmm. No, but I had a friend who had a kid. Mm-hmm. And they live not too. They live near a national park, and their kid got lost for like two days. And thankfully, they found him, but nothing was wrong with him, not even a scratch. And the kid was too young to talk, so his brother had left him on the trail. And they turned around; he just wasn't there anymore. Thankfully, they uh, they found him. Okay, I'm looking at a map of where you're from. Okay, I'm not gonna give too much about it but i am seeing a national forest okay i will screenshot this and send it to you and jake and wes all right have you heard of this place before randy did you get that one? Ooh, yes look at that like an old indian spirit do you are you familiar with that particular national park no, I've heard of it, but I didn't know how close it was. 
was pretty close. No, I don't think we would have been anywhere near that. I don't think okay. so. I know that the woods behind where we lived was protected by we had the park rangers riding up and down that mountain sometimes. So I knew that like you couldn't hunt on it or anything. Okay, I got one more for you. Yes, sir. That's even closer to you. Yeah, no, that would have been well, the thing is is that there's so many mountains in that area, like a lot. And we never really pulled up the mm -hmm. maps or anything. We just we know that you know that mountain over there is called and some guy said he saw uh saw the mountain lion on that on that mountain over there and shot it. Definitely some interesting stuff. The orbs is uh something that's prevalent. There's a lot of cases of orbs floating around, whether they be close to the ground, especially in deep, dark, dense forest. Orbs are definitely a popular thing to see. I've never seen one. I would love to see one. I think it'd be pretty cool from the safety of a house or a car. But, you know. I saw one in a car one time, and then I meet within 15 minutes had a car accident. So, Oh, is that the car accident you were talking about? Yes. This is a good segue. Do you want to get into that one? Let's do it. All right. So I... Uh, I live in Virginia right now. Um, I wanted to join the Army. I need my diploma for that. So I drove all the way down to North Carolina. It was about a four-hour drive. At this point, I'm in Tennessee. I'm about to go over the border. And it's getting weird feeling. I look up. There's just It almost looked like glass, just the orbs just floating. And I'm just like, well, what is that? Right? It was pretty high up in the sky. It was probably 50 feet up. And I passed underneath it. It was right above the road. And within probably 15 minutes, my car, I lost complete control over it. And I fell off a 20-foot cliff. I flipped three times and woke up. They said it was 40 minutes later. I don't know if that's quite correct. With a concussion, a torn hip and glass in my mouth and in my nose the glass just everywhere i still i'm still picking glass parts out and i get out of the car because i'm upside down this is a little bit a little bit hard for me to talk about but i'm gonna get through it i opened up the car door and i was lost for a minute and i started to realize that i fell down therefore i have to climb up which was just about impossible for me to do at that time with the blown hip. So I climbed that mountain and I walked for about an hour bleeding. And finally a car came by and uh, he was a friend of a friend and he picked me up and uh, we went down the road and I was in the hospital. <laughs> really bad concussion, uh, memory loss, can't remember my wife's face. Remember my dad though. And the weird thing about it is, you know, sometimes when something traumatic happens and then you have a dream about it. Uh, I don't know if this really happened or if it was just a dream, but in this dream, I was upside down in the car again. And I looked over and I saw sandals, like the old Hebrew sandals. And I saw mm -hmm. a rope. 
as soon as I saw it, it's like all my energy just came back to me. Like I was dead and then I was alive again. The scary thing about being in an accident when nobody's around is you don't know if you're dead. You don't know if you're in limbo. You know what I mean? You, might as, you, you could be dead and you could, my thought was, I hope I'm not because I don't want to walk down this road for eternity. Yeah. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, thankfully, God just sent somebody my way and he picked me up. And I was able to go to the hospital about an hour later. But yeah. So orbs, bad. Not good thing. Yeah. Not a good thing. <laughs> now, you said that you lost control of the vehicle, right? Yes. Uh, just for preference, I am a very safe driver. And if I'm on a curvy mountain, I take it going about 25. Mm-hmm. Right? Being that it's 40, I take it about going 25, thankfully. And what do you call it? The steering rod just popped. And I just happened to be on a curb. And uh, I don't know if this helped or not, but before I was in midair, there was this this dirt that kind of worked as a as a ramp and kind of thrust me up in the air. I hit three trees. The weird thing about it, though, is that there were saplings sticking up all over the place. I don't know how I didn't get impelled. I just happened to fall in the right spot 100%. So I think I, it was a God thing. It was a God yeah. thing, in my opinion. I think that that those sandals and that robe that I saw, I really do think that was an, that that was an angel. I don't know if I died or not and came back to life because that would be that would be interesting, but it definitely gave me energy. I felt like a huge caffeine boost. You know what I mean? I'm sure Jake has some stuff to comment, but I have one last question before I hand you over to. Him. Mm-hmm. Did your truck lose power? Like electricity, did your radio go off? Did everything lose? Because another side effect of orbs is like an uh, electromagnetic pulse. Oh my God, now that you're seeing that, absolutely, the radio cut off. Okay. It cut off, and I was trying to figure out what was going on, and then I tried to turn, and uh, couldn't. So, I'm not very familiar with automobiles, but... Jake or Wes or you, do either of you guys know is automatic steering, is that hooked up electrically? Power steering, you mean? Power steering, I'm sorry. No, no, that should be belt fed. Uh, your, part of your serpentine belt runs that pump. Power steering is what takes it so that you're... It's easy, easier to turn the steering wheel. I think pretty much every vehicle that's it's a pump ran off the serpentine belt that comes basically... Basically, if your engine's running, it's turning. But your engine Mm -hmm. is... Has to be running. Right. And if there was an EMP, what what year was it, by the way? Do you you remember what year your vehicle was? 2006. Okay, so it was definitely electric. Yeah, no, 100%. I don't know anything about vehicles. I'm ignorant. I mean, the one thing... That I do remember, though, is that I was listening to NPR. Yeah, the radio just cut off. Okay. Um, now, I don't know if that had any connection to it. I could have, like, bumped it. There was a lot of steering that was going on. And the Suzuki's interior is very tiny. So, I, I don't know. But the radio did cut off. So, Wes, yes. Jake, you guys got anything about this? mm 
I'm not familiar at all when it comes to orbs and that sort of stuff. I don't know. I haven't experienced any orb things with the exception of one of the guys we want to get here to be interviewed. Really haven't heard very many people discuss it. But as far as going off the road, landing perfectly in a spot where there aren't any trees to impale you, ending up upside down. I don't know. Do you think that that was, because you said you couldn't tell if it was a dream or a vision. You mean like it happened either way. Was it while you were in the vehicle? It wasn't like the night afterwards or something like that, that you had that experience? Well, the thing is, is that, okay, so when you kind of have memory loss, it comes back to you in snippets, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh And I think that's what it was. I do one thing I do remember is looking over and then feeling energized. You know what I mean? Like nothing had just happened and then getting out. And then I went to sleep. I think it was two it might have been two or three days later. And then some memories just uh, just started connecting. But either way, even if that was just a dream, the man upstairs was definitely looking out for me. A hundred percent. Oh, I totally agree. The sheriff showed up with the body bag to find out nobody was in the car, of course. <laughs> no, I absolutely agree. I absolutely think that it was a, a tremendous God thing. I was just trying to unpack the idea that, because I, I couldn't tell when you were explaining it whether or not you said you didn't know if you had actually seen it or if it was a dream. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what was the time frame of that. If it was, I don't know if I got knocked unconscious during the accident and then I dreamt this, or if I actually saw it, and then feeling that energy and stuff. You know, if you say that you think it was an angel, I mean, I'll back you up on that one. You know, that's a pretty incredible story to have that sort of experience in the way that you describe it, that that kind of snap, and then that rush of energy, and then getting out of there, climbing uphill, and being able to get yourself out of the situation until someone comes and picks you up. I, I dug the story a lot. And uh, it sounds pretty traumatic, pretty uh, pretty terrible experience. Some cool parts to it, certainly, with uh, how everything kind of worked out. And here you are to uh, to tell about it. If the sheriff's department showed up expecting there to be a body in there, and here you are still walking and talking, that's uh, a miracle in itself. Thank you for sharing that with us. And can I just ask a question to the audience real quick? Yeah. Okay, guys. So if you guys ever... I've been through a dramatic experience. Let me know, like in that moment, what were you protective of? Because when that car accident happened, I was super protective over my clothes, my bag of clothes. I don't know why. It just, I guess it just gave me something to do. I don't know if that's relatable to anybody, but I immediately got out and grabbed my bag and started walking. Hmm. Yeah, if anybody has a comment, or a question, or uh, can relate to Randall at all, let us know, infiniterabbithole at gmail.com, or at facebook.com forward slash infiniterabbithole. You can message us there, and we'll uh, we'll either forward the message or get you in touch with Randall. All right. Now, next segment. Now, I do want to say this story is the absolute creepiest, I think. Probably the scariest things. That has ever happened to me. And of course, I'm going to talk about my grandmother's haunted house. I'm ready. Where to begin? 
I think I'm going to talk about my experiences and then everybody else that was involved, their experiences. So over at my grandma's, sweetest lady, and I do want to say this, I don't think that had anything to do with her. I think that that house was just haunted when she bought me. And she was just a little bit lonely, a little bit bored. Just wanted to preference that. My, my grandmother was not a Satan worshiper or anything like that. So I was probably about eight the first time I saw, saw a shadow, actually. Just a shadow dart across the room. My grandmother saw it, too. I asked her what that was, and she said, not for me not to worry about it, right? Mm-hmm. After hearing noises throughout the house all the time, I didn't ask my Oma. That's what I call her. I didn't ask my Oma. I asked my Mima what that was. Because out of nowhere, there would just be sound like something's jumping off the counter or something's being thrown or somebody's running through the house or somebody's knocking on the door or just get a cold feeling going down your spine just out of nowhere it's in the touch of your arm i had uh asked my grandmother or my mom not my own mom at the time i asked her uh what's going on with the house and my grandmother said oh yeah that she's noticed things too that one day she was on the phone with my oma and my oma had one of those old, old, like, house phones. And she uh, was talking to my Mima, And uh, she told my grandmother, just hold on just one second. She thought she covered up the phone. And she was talking to whatever was there. She said, I asked you guys to be quiet. Please be quiet. Right. Hots back on the phone with my grandmother. And my grandmother said, is, uh, is anybody over? Any friends or family? My, and then Oma said, no. I don't know. What are you talking about, sweetie? It was just one creepy thing after another there. One time I thought I was going to have to spend the night there. I just had a breakdown as a child. I just probably could not tolerate it. Me and my dad, we talked about it. We don't know if it's, we don't know if it's like a haunted picture or maybe somebody passed on the property. The thing that really got us thinking is that my grandmother was not was not suicidal at all. And one day we just thought that, um, you know, we should check in on her. And uh, one of my aunts went over there and to find her sleeping forever. Her machine, her oxygen machine had shut off. The only way you can turn on is to turn off is to flip the switch, right? Mm. My grandmother had the mask on me that she was using it. And at some point in the night, something switched it off, meaning that she died. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, that was, yeah. And uh, it was the first time something was trying to kill somebody in the house. The other time, my dad walked inside after she had passed. And she had a gas stove. Uh, her house was heated by gas too, midsummer. Mm-hmm. All of that was turned completely on, all of it. The gas was turned on, the gas stove was turned on, and my dad walked in there and he was about to light a cigarette. Hmm. That would have been bad. 
that would have been really bad. But after that happened, he never went to the house alone again. He just refused to do that. Before that, he had spent two weeks there just collecting things. And the upstairs, she had an attic and the light flipped on. So he brought down the attached ladder, climbed up it to turn it off. He flipped it. He, he put the ladder back. Nobody else was in the house. He walked by. And the light turned back on. It was, it was one of those lights that you had, uh, like, had a string attached and you, and you mm-hmm. need the light put on. He repeated the process like twice, and then he walked by it again, and it was on. And then he heard the click, and it was off. Hmm. So there was definitely something about that house. But the creepiest thing that I saw after she passed, and I don't know what it was after she was gone. But whatever was in that house, it just went crazy. I saw a black cat inside the house. So I went to go ask my dad. I'm like, hey, did Omar have a cat? And he said, no, absolutely not. She didn't have any animals. I saw the cat another time. And it stood up on its hind legs, turned around, and walked into the next room talking about a cat here like a house cat I, like a house cat but the way but it got bigger on all fours it would have been a tiny cat it stood up on his hind legs it was like maybe four feet tall and the way it moved have you ever seen stop motion animation mm-hmm. you know how it's not smooth yeah it's kind of rigid rigid that's exactly how it walked and it just vanished huh. And, like, I mean, I had never felt evil like that before, but there was something in that house. Something, like, just, I don't know what it was. And it was so bad. Another thing is is that she kept a lot of stones by the windows. She would take salt and put it over the windows. Have you guys ever seen Constantine? hmm You know, uh... In the comics, you use salt to keep out bad spirits. You put them all over, over the window. She used to do that kind of stuff all the time. Things would drop. My mother's keys dropped one time. And you know how you just expect a thud? There was no thud. It was just took a second for the drop, and then it hit the floor. It's like it levitating in the air. Yet again, something about trying to drop. I had a pin in my hand. And... I was about to place it down, like kind of drop it onto the table, and like floated there for a second. Jeez. Like. Like it was caught. Like it was caught. Exactly. And you know, you grew up with it, and you don't really think much about it. You know what I mean? Hmm. The more and the older you get, you realize, wow, you know, that really was not normal. That was not normal at all. And the thing is, is that it's not just me that saw that stuff. It's almost every single family member. I have a lot of siblings, and they all said that they saw something creepy in that house. It's just something about this old houses, you know? I have somebody that I'm going to pass along some of these stories to. Okay. You know, maybe he might have an idea of some of this. I'm not going to tell him who you are or anything like that. I'm just going to simply ask him about it. And, of course, he's going to hear the episode when it comes out. But I'm curious about that black cat. That's very strange. I, I know nothing about that. Yeah, it's just, um, I know a black cat is often associated with witchcraft and Satanism. 
it was my grandmother's house and the neighbor's house that was haunted. And my grandmother always said that she would talk to little boys. She would talk to small children. Never young girls, though. Just young boys running through the house. Another thing is, something else that's associated with ghosts is just the power cutting on and off, or the TV cutting off randomly, and then cutting back on. Yeah, how old was the house? I think it was built back in the 60s. Could be wiring, could be the age of the TV, too. There's a lot there. I mean, there there's definitely some very strange aspects to your experiences and your your grandmother's experiences, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake, Wes, you guys got anything? Yeah, I want to say I'm sorry to hear about your, your grandmother's passing that way, regardless of what the circumstances were, whether she did something to cause that or it was something in the house, regardless. I'm sorry to hear about that. That's really bad. It sucks a lot. I appreciate it, man. I really do. Of course. As far as the paranormal or otherwise things inside that house, that's not the first time I've heard about things like that. My mom grew up in a house in England that had similar things happen like that. A woman had committed suicide inside the house prior to them moving in. And uh, there was electrical problems, of course, but the gas stove would turn off and on. My mom got pushed down a flight of stairs one time. She said she physically felt something behind her push her back down a flight of stairs and it tormented her her parents which would be my grandparents and one day my grandpa came home and he yelled into the house if you don't stop all this stuff I'm gonna burn this house to the ground and it just stopped and it stopped and stayed stopped until my grandfather was in the air force at the time they moved back to the states and then one time they uh they went back to visit that area and they decided to drive by the old house, and it had been years and years and years, and they said they were surprised the house was still standing. It was exceptionally old. They saw the people that were living there, and they asked them, you know, is she still here? And they were like, oh, my gosh, you know about that? Because whatever it was, the, the ghost or whatever had come back and was tormenting them too. So not the first time I've heard about stuff like that. And that's difficult for my mom because she's a Christian person, and so are uh, – grandparents and stuff and you know don't really believe in ghosts or put too much weight into that but you know no one can take an experience like that and be like ah, it was electrical problems you know <laughs> it was definitely mm-hmm. something pretty uh pretty frightening pretty awful in there so i don't know is uh is that house uh still owned by your family no we sold that as fast as we could okay have you ever gotten in contact with the new owners of the house and to see if they've experienced anything like that or have you heard anything the only way we could do that is if we were to go to the actual house and we don't do that put it this way my dad was in iraq for 14 well he was only he had multiple deployments and he said he'd rather go back to iraq than have to (laughs) than have to go back to that house and he means it that's fair so how i believe about ghosts and hauntings and whatnot and I, is it okay if we talk a little bit about what i believe spiritually is that okay yeah, sure all right so i'm very religious i'm i was brought up messianic meaning that i'm christian but i do keep the sabbath day saturday uh when i can of course we keep all the 
uh, Jewish uh, feast. Mm-hmm. But I also don't believe that doesn't mean that there's not ghosts, you know, that there's not spirits or leftover emotions or energies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really wish there wasn't. I wish it was just as simple as it just being seeing physical things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there's definitely a lot of dark spirituality out there. And I really wish I wish I hadn't seen some of it. Mm-hmm. Once you know that things are out there, you're always like, well, I wonder if I'm you know, just going to randomly stumble upon it. I think everything I saw was spiritual. I don't think it was physical. The only thing I believe that was physical was things levitating, you know, things physically being turned off and on. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like there is a physical gear man there or a cat there or physically, or I feel like it's maybe a different dimension or something like that. There, you know, sometimes we can see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of what you said doesn't necessarily go in line with a lot of the Appalachian lore that I'm used to reading about. But in a very general sense, it does. The stuff you talk about is very common or the generally very common with a lot of the stuff that's out there. You had a very unique experience, but in the sense of Appalachian legends and Appalachian lore, it's not as unique as uh, you would think. So don't feel upset about that or anything, man. You got to see some very unique stuff. And I know that a lot of it was very frightening and nerve-wracking as you were going through it. But just know there are other people that have had that, not the exact same experience as you, but very similar experiences as you. It is well-documented. There's a lot of history in those hills. And some of that history is still around. I'm happy to be able to talk to you today. And there's a lot of the things that you said today that could have easily prevented you from being here and and having this conversation with us. And I I am happy that you're here today to be able to share your experiences because I'll tell you, you took us for a ride, man. And we had a lot of fun today. Absolutely. I really do appreciate that. And uh, about that, you know, my experiences not being unique. I really hope they're not like, I hope I'm not the only one seeing that stuff. I hope that there's somebody else out there and One of the reasons I wanted to do this episode is because I wanted to see maybe somebody else has had an experience like me, maybe several, and I'm not crazy. You know what I mean? There are a lot of these things that I told you today I haven't told my mother. Just because when you have a crazy story after crazy story, it makes it all unbelievable. Yeah. You know what I mean? It really does. And I'm a spiritualist and I see a lot and I don't, and I feel like I still have more to tell, but I kind of feel like this is a good segue. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I just want to stress, I I meant no disrespect by saying that your stories weren't unique. You know, maybe that wasn't the right word to go by. Your stories are very unique. I just want you to know that. Okay. I know what you mean. (laughs) But as far as growing up in the Appalachian Trail and the craziness that happens in that area, all up and down that in the states that it goes through, it seems like everybody that has been in that area has gone through some very strange experiences that that place is either haunted or it's got some type of energy or something is going on there, whether it's Bigfoot or aliens or missing people, you know, all kinds of stuff happens in those long stretches of woods that people just can't explain so when it comes to your uniqueness as far as your experiences go it's unique 
that you've had those experiences, but it's not unique that you've gone through some weird things in that area. Maybe, like I said, somebody will listen to this podcast and just be like, well, hey, you know what? I saw that too. Now I'm not crazy. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people see stuff and because it's not the norm, everybody just kind of ignored it, put it back to the archives Mm -hmm. and they're like, well, you know, a lot happened that day. Maybe I didn't see what I thought I saw. Maybe I was hallucinating. And just for preference, I've never tried a drug in my life. The only thing I've ever done is caffeine. That's it. No mushrooms, no weed, nothing like that. I definitely like what you said there about people feeling like it's not believable or it's crazy and kind of putting it back inside their heads. I fully believe that Jeremy would never tell us his Bigfoot experience if there wasn't thousands and thousands of people out there saying that they've had a Bigfoot experience. If he was the only one that's ever had this experience, I doubt we'd ever hear that from him. Um, Yeah. But that's the cool thing. I have no doubt that we're going to get some kind of feedback on this episode from any number of the experiences you shared with us with someone else reaching out and saying, I've had that too, or nothing else. Maybe not that, but someone certainly hearing this, hearing your experiences and being like, oh, geez, that's right. Cool. So that's two people now, including myself. And so, yeah, I must not be losing it. It only takes one person, right? Oh, for real. But going through any sort of experience like that, I've had my fair share of weird experiences. And I'm like, all right, that's never seeing the light of day and not telling anybody about that. And then I hear other people that be like, yeah, and then this happened. I'm like, oh, sweet. Me too. You know? But no, that's that's really cool. And I definitely appreciate you being so open with us and letting us in a little bit. It's been really, really cool. It's actually a relief to get it, all this information out because a lot of it is just kind of like I've kept up. Mm. I kind of wish that I had maybe told some of the stories in a different way, but I'm trying to regurgitate what I saw. Yeah. And while telling these stories, trying to keep it to what it was and not add something. It's really easy to add something to a story. Right, no fluff, no embellishing, all that. Yeah. Jake, Wes, you guys got any other questions for Randall? No. No, I just enjoyed the episode. Yep. Randall. Yes, sir. I can tell you that this was a great time. Oh, yeah. And I'm happy that we were able to provide a platform for you because this was one of the big goals of doing Infinite Rabbit Hole was to create a platform for people to come out and tell their stories. When Jake and I originally created this podcast, this was what we were aiming for. We were aiming for being a platform for someone to come out and put their heart out on the line and tell these hard stories. We want to be a place where people can feel safe and come out and get some answers from the listeners or just be able to unload it. I think this is this is exactly what we were trying to do. And I just want to say thank you for coming out. Thank you. It already means a lot to me. Because this one and then the episode with Derek, the Sinister Shadows episode, where he's talking about sleep paralysis and the black shadow in his room. Those two are really what Infinite Rabbit Hole was supposed to be. Because this is what we were shooting for. So thank you. Thank you a lot for coming out and doing this with us. Anytime. Yeah. Thank you for trusting us with these experiences and believing that we're going to be able to handle it appropriately and do something with it. It really means a lot to us. Absolutely. One good thing about 
this experience for me is not feeling awkward at all during this conversation. Good, good. We don't want anything less than that. Once again, I'd just like to say thank you for coming on to Infinite Rabbit Hole. It really means a lot. Anybody listening to this episode have any questions for Randall, please let us know. You can reach us at infiniterabbithole at gmail.com or infinitrh at Twitter, facebook.com forward slash infiniterabbithole. Send us a message. We'll either forward your message to Randall or we'll get you in touch with him. He's reaching out to you guys for some guidance and some information. So please don't hold back. If you have something to share, let us know. We want to hear it. Randall, I'd like to extend an invitation to you to come onto the show at any time. If you ever have any other stories that you want to share, just let me know. You know how to get in touch with us. If you want to talk to any one of us, either in person or if you want to come back onto the show, just let us know. All right. This has been another episode of Infinite Rabbit Hole. Thank you all for coming by. And a special thanks to Randall for coming on and sharing with us all his stories. Thank you for joining us on this episode. If you'd like to comment on this episode, you can do so on facebook.com forward slash infinite rabbit hole. If you have a story to share with us or would like to be interviewed, you can contact us at infinite rabbit hole at gmail.com. Thank you again and have a great day.